0: quotient i 'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in i 'm going to get a little raw here actually and, and share some things that i haven 't shared before because I just saw the movie bohemian Rhapsody and it took me back. First of all, I love Queen, and I was listening to those songs, and I was remembering all these different parts of my life, and what was funny is that I was having these flashbacks and snapshots of me in different outfits, <laughs> in different fashion trends, and I, it was probably the hair that did it when I was watching uh, Queen going through their phases, but okay, full disclosure, I did have the Farrah Fawcett feathered hair in the late 70s, and I kept it perfect with my butane clicker curling iron. And for those of you who are too young to know what that is, it's probably a good thing. And I really actually had fond memories of that time, minus the hair. And then there was the 80s, and I would... I would wear these pink and green outfits. I don't know what that was, the pink and green, and Izod shirts. And there was a pair of knickers that I had that my dad brought back from Europe. And I was so mad at him because I'm like, dad, no one wears those. And then, of course, six months later, it was in style and I was the coolest girl. But the teenage years were pretty good. I had a lot of twists and turns and very colorful as my clothes until my dad passed away actually, when um, I was a senior in high school from cancer. And I remember that was the first time in my life I entered a dark period and I had the dark clothes and the sad face to reflect that. And I was living a very different life than my friends. I mean, they, they did not understand that period that I was living in. And I, I remember feeling like I wanted to give up but I, I was determined I wasn't about to let his death keep me from living out my life. That was not what he wanted. So I moved on to college and I went to Indiana University. And in the 90s, now I'm thinking I'm the bomb because I had, wait for it, big hair, ripped jean shorts, and black, opaque tights underneath. Oh my God, what was that? It was so like Madonna-esque, I guess. <laughs> Crazy, but it was good times, you know? Meet my husband, fall into more baggy clothes in the 90s, you know, the acid wash jeans, oversized shirts, but amazingly still happy in those clothes. And my personal brand as a therapist after grad school was the typical therapist outfit. I had the oversized blazer, and straight pants from Casual Corner. Remember that story, yeah. Um, My maternity clothes after that were super cute, I have to say. I embraced them like the life that was inside me. But then I left that life in Chicago and with my new family, my two kids, a dog, we orbit to the new land. We plop down here in La La Land and that is when my life completely changed. And as most of you know, so did my outfits. That is when I entered my second dark period after my divorce where my wardrobe consisted of mostly dark, dismal, oversized maternity clothes. and. You know the story. Most of you do. I just remember I could not get out of my own way. I thought my life was over yet again. And anybody who knows anything about grief, it layers on itself. And so it was yet again, a big loss. And I, I remember thinking like, who would love a single mom? Who would love someone who was still wearing her nursing bras when she wasn't pregnant any longer? and i just remember looking in the mirror and it was as though the pieces of my confidence all shattered onto the floor and most of you know i had that red dress moment and this is where you know why i'm here today talking to you that personal shopper who brought me that red dress that i was thinking it was three sizes too small and she was she was right and i looked in the mirror And I saw something completely different, and all the pieces came back together, and my confidence was back. And that's when I got the courage to reinvent myself my new career, my new love, my new confidence. And believe me, it took work. It wasn't easy, it wasn't just the red dress. But this is how my business was born. I mean, I love helping transform people, putting on a new outfit, recreating their story that they have in their head. And attract new love you know our personal brand our image is how we view ourselves has such a profound effect on the opportunities we create we all have stories sometimes the script changes we're in constant state of reinvention and here's the thing life has movement and it's important to ride the highs and the lows of the waves that come with it but what if you're stuck and what if you're not moving at all like I was? And so for anyone feeling stuck or just need a little inspiration, and Aaron Dyer need to reinvent yourself. I have a treat today. I have someone here who is going to uplift and inspire you, someone who has reinvented himself literally 10 times <laughs> over. So none of you have excuses anymore. He is recognized as One of the most influential small business leaders and personal brand experts in the world is LinkedIn's top voice business columnist at USA Today, the world's most influential matchmaker, which is how we connected, found and exited three businesses, host of two television shows. He appeared as the co-host on Oprah's Network's Love Town. And he is all over the place. He's gotten a ton of awards. His insights and his unique understanding of relationships and personal development has made him a sought-after expert on interpersonal relationships and entrepreneurships. He's appeared all over the media, Good Morning America, Today Show, Nightline, CNN, Entertainment Tonight, and now Charisma Quotient, Paul Brunson. Paul.
1: Hello <laughs> uh, Kim, I will say, wow, you uh, that was a powerful intro. I mean, oh. not, not, not for me, but but the story that you told. Uh, there, there were uh, pieces to your story that I, I wasn't aware of that was that was very powerful.
0: Oh my gosh, thank you. Well, you know I and I'll, full disclosure too. i I was inspired when I read your story and I'm like I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I've ever really told. My backstory like I mean the well the feathered hair aside like I, I i didn't i didn't think that that was part of what shaped me, but it really was you know, and your story was so is is so incredible I mean, you really have and you know reinvented yourself so many times, and i i I want you to share with everybody maybe i i mean obviously. We can't share all of it, but I would love to hear how you got here. And if you want to mention your outfits too, that would be awesome. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> That's what I, uh, I had queued in the most about were the outfits. And I will say that I wear uh, dismal colors right now myself. Uh, <laughs> I wear nothing but black.
0: Yeah, uh, but you go in between New York and London, right?
1: yeah yeah well so that, but,
0: so that makes sense
1: yeah that's, that's definitely <laughs> a uniform the new york it um, is um but um you know i uh it, it's it's really interesting because um i will hear what you just said which is which is humbling and that is just, wow paul you know you've reinvented yourself so many times and you know you know look at you now and what's really interesting to me is that i truly feel like i'm still freshman year in high school you know in terms of my career I feel like this is still I'm still in the in kind of like the first quarter or you know or the first of of my career and there's there's a lot more to go but um, what I think my career started as for most people is for most people it started when I was on Oprah Winfrey's Love Town and I was a matchmaker and that was really my first big introduction to the world because it was uh, a, a show that I was with, probably the most influential person in the world, Oprah Winfrey. Uh, here I was, a matchmaker. And that in itself is a career that a lot of people don't believe truly exists. And so there's <laughs>
0: curiosity <a, laughs>
1: uh, around that. But before I became a full time matchmaker, and before I was on that television show with Oprah, I had already had a 10-year career in investment banking and finance, had already mm-hmm. gone to, uh, to business school uh, in, in D.C. at Georgetown, you know, so already I was in this kind of the second phase or the second reinvention of my career, going from finance all, all the way to matchmaking and then to television. Uh, then from there, I launched a matchmaking company. And really doubled down on matchmaking, right? And I think, Kim, that's, that's where we met uh, yeah. during that time. And, uh, you know, I was touring the world. I was instructing on matchmaking. I was growing a matchmaking business. I got up to 12 matchmakers. It was a boutique firm that operated in Washington, D.C. and, and, and through New York. Um, I started, uh, you know, consulting matchmaking companies. And then I sold my matchmaking business. And when I sold my matchmaking business, that then opened up this whole door of, well, hold on. Paul wasn't just a matchmaker. He was actually an entrepreneur, right? He ran a business. And -hmm. and, uh, because he ran a business, maybe he could teach us to run our business. And so that then opened up consulting and coaching of uh, small businesses and then speaking about small, small businesses. And then that led to a whole nother television career but this time hosting a show for a black enterprise called our world where I interviewed top business executives <laughs> and, mm. and, and then that launched into a whole nother career. And then from there I started writing uh, from there. I took a board seat. Uh, it was a board of trustee seat at a private university and helped to grow that university. And so there was this whole education, you know, side to it. Uh, I personally, uh, I, I am just infatuated with, education for youth. And so I started building schools in Jamaica. And so then that kind of took off. And then right around 2015, I read a book that changed my life. And I will say not for the good. And I and I don't want to say this is a a, a bad book because I'm I'm so happy that I read it. But it was called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And and perhaps I misinterpreted the book, but when I read the book, The One Thing by Gary Keller, my walk away was, all right, in order to be exceptional, you have to focus on one thing, right? You can't be out here trying to be uh, uh, you know, a jack of all trades, master of none, you have to focus on one specific job, one specific project, and work that, work that, work that, and then you can become the best in the world. So when I read that book, my life shattered because, or, you know, in my mind, my life shattered because here I was truly Jamaican with 10 jobs. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And I've got Gary Keller telling me, hold on, Paul, just pick one. So I went through this phase between about 2015 and last year where I said, okay, I need to figure out how I can whittle down my 10 different jobs into one. And I had such a tough time figuring out how to, you know, how to do that. But then I read a book, late 2016, early 2017, that changed my life for the better. And this is one of my top five reads of all time. This is a book called So Good, They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. Hmm. And I love love Cal Newport. One is he's a professor at Georgetown. So I got to, you know, shout out him for that. But this book is exceptional. Actually, all of Cal's books are exceptional. But this book in particular is exceptional because what he talks about in this book is that what we all want out of life is pretty much three things, right? We Mm -hmm. all want money. We all want impact. And we all want autonomy. Some of us want more money than impact or more... Autonomy than, than, than money, right? We want it at different degrees or different levels, but we all pretty much want those three things. We want to be autonomous. We don't want to be told what to do or what time to punch in. We want impact, right? We want to know that our time here on earth was meaningful. And we want money because, hey, we've got to buy things, right? It costs right. money for Whole Foods, you know? <laughs> so that's what he said. And, and then he hit us with in the book he said, okay if you want those three things, if you want the most money, the most autonomy, the most impact, you need to be so good at a skill that the world can't ignore you. And then he goes on to, to oh. outline how the people who have the most money impact and autonomy in the world are people who have the best skill. And, the, and, the, and just a quick example is if you think about, you know, an exceptional basketball player like LeBron James. And Kim mm-hmm. must like LeBron James right now. Uh, Kim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm
1: here. Isn't that is it the home team? I,
0: I'm so like yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and 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 so uh, I was like, oh, hold on, maybe she's not a Lakers fan. No,
0: I'm just so mesmerized with what you're saying that I was like taking notes and yeah, no, go. <laughs> and, uh, go I,
1: love on. I love it. Uh, but um, but so you know, you take someone like him, he's You know, arguably or inarguably, probably the the most exceptional basketball player right now today and therefore Mm -hmm. makes a tremendous amount of money, has incredible impact, right? Has incredible autonomy. And so if you look at skills and you become so good at these skills, it doesn't matter what the job or the project is, it's really about the skill. And so when I read that, it it helped because I realized, you know, I could have... 50 jobs. I could have five jobs. I could have one job. It doesn't matter. It's about the skill. So then, right around that kind of 2017, I figured, okay, well, what is the skill? What is the thing that I want to figure out that I can do, um, you know, better than most people in the world? And then I started focusing on knowledge sharing. And I realized that everything I do whether it was teaching for matchmaking, whether it was matchmaking, whether it was date coaching, whether it was uh, interviewing business leaders, whether it was my column for USA Today, whether it was in, in the UK, I, I host uh, one of the most popular dating shows in the, in the UK right now uh, called Celebsco Dating. Like, Oh, no, cool. Yeah, no, wh- whatever it is that I do, and I currently, mm-hmm. I truly have 10 jobs now. Hmm. What they all have in common is that I am sharing knowledge. I'm taking information from somewhere, Mm -hmm. remixing it, and then serving it back out to people so that they can digest it. And so once I read that book, it it felt good. So long story short is, where I am in my career is, I, I don't necessarily look at the project or the job. I'm more so looking at whether or not I am fulfilling that skill that I'm trying to become one of the best in the world at, and that is sharing knowledge. And I, and I think that, that book in particular was a game changer for me, and I would encourage everybody who has not read it to read it. So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport.
0: That's awesome. Oh, wow. There's so much there. I want to like dissect each golden nugget that you, just, <laughs> that you just spelled out. But one of the things that I, like, cause I can hear some of the people like listening to this and saying, yeah, but he is really talented and, you know, I don't have the skills and, you know, I, I don't have the knowledge. And like, what would you say to people like that who don't have that self-esteem to feel like they, they have anything to give?
1: Well, it, it, it begins with that, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at, if you look at, you know, there's a book, uh, Carol DeWick wrote it called Mindset. And this book is one of those books that I think is a must read for everybody. It's one of those where my boys, my little boys at four and eight years old, I talk about mindset with. And basically what mindset is, is about is everyone in the world has either a fixed mindset Or a growth mindset and a fixed mindset means that you have your skills you have what you have so if you have say low self-esteem or you feel like you have low intelligence or you have Mm -hmm. a skill set then well that's it you're going to have that forever too bad Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: growth mindset the growth mindset says no matter what you have right now you can become better you can get better and in order for you to get better, you first need to have the growth mindset. So that's really where it begins. And so what I would encourage everyone to do, one, go to Amazon, put in Carol DeWick, (laughs) D-W-E-Z-K, mindset, it's gonna blow your mind. But the second thing is you have to get around people who are inspirational. You have to get around Uh, uh, the growth mindset. You know, we what we do is our belief is our reality, mm-hmm. and 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 my, my 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 uh you know what I often talk about is is imagine if now keep in mind I'm an Oprah Winfrey fanatic, right? So um, you if if you're not an Oprah Winfrey fanatic, uh, then
0: amazing, yeah, yeah
1: For the two people listening that are not Oprah, <laughs> replace this name with someone else. But imagine if your dearest, closest five friends were Oprah Winfrey, right? You know, Oprah Winfrey, one, two, three, four, five. Like, and they, they just, if, imagine like- if, Oh my if God. Places, your life would be, I mean, that she would not accept any mediocrity from you. You'd be inspired all the time, right? It mm-hmm. would just, And so that's the reason why it's so important to have people in your life who are inspirational. So I think it begins with the people that you surround yourself with But if you want that next step, get that Carol Dewick book mindset and you'll learn how to have a growth mindset.
0: I love that. You know, and I just was at a conference and I was speaking about how to build your confidence and charisma to attract, you know, love, career, success you want, and- that is exactly what I was talking to people about. And, and what I find is that a lot of times people don't realize their own power. They always kind of recognize it outside themselves or, you know, that it's other people, but they don't really believe it's them. There was this woman, um, and for me, like the vehicle to which I go at it, mindset is huge, but I like to start from the outside, as you know. And like this one woman I was working with, she was named the ugly duckling in the family. And she, she had these two beautiful sisters and the sisters were the pretty one and she was the smart one. So she carried that story with her, her entire life. And so there she was 45, still single saying, well, I'm just the smart one. I'm not the one that gets the looks. I'm not the pretty one. I said, well, are you ready to recreate that story? Because I, like, from where I'm sitting, I see something very different, but you have to see it to believe it in order to become it. And she's like, well, I want to see it, but I don't, I don't see how. And so, of course, I had worked on her clothes and put her in some really flirty, fun, feminine clothes and had her wear red lipstick for a week. And she came back to me and she said, oh my God, Kim, guys are checking me out. Somebody whistled at me. I've never had that happen before in my entire life. So, I mean, you know, we had to put a costume on, as I call it, and for her to kind of see it. I mean, it was still inside her all along, but that that was just a vehicle to which she had gotten to that mindset that, yes, she is a pretty one and she's a smart one. There wasn't, like, two different people. Like, it was all the same people, (laughs) you know, all along. So I love that, how you said that, you know, the the mindset and just, you know, kind of getting out of your own way, really. Everybody has potential.
1: Everyone. Everyone does. And and that's really the litmus test, right? If if you don't believe that you do have potential, then you know the first place you need to begin working on is your mindset.
0: Yeah. What advice would you give someone who wants to like rebrand their love life?
1: Oh, wow. Well, so I will say that love
0: mm-hmm.
1: is hands down one of my favorite subjects to talk about.
0: Oh, and- me too. Good company. <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and the reason why is because it's, it's that thing that we all need. Want and crave, right? Yeah. Uh, and so that, that it's really what makes us human. Uh, and you can think, no matter how crazy certain people are uh, and delusional certain people are, you know, the commonality is that we all, you know, we, we, we all crave this thing called love. Um, so I totally get someone wanting to rebrand, um, you know, their love life. And I think it ultimately comes down to, and, and I think this is where your love life, or your uh, platonic, you know, your friendships that you have, or even the professional, the business side, where mm-hmm. there's a commonality, and that is your brand is never what you say it is. And this is oh. something you always have to remember. And that's not me. I wish I could take credit for that, but that's Jeffrey Bezos, right? Founder of Amazon.
0: Oh, I thought that sounded familiar. Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah, um, that's his quote. And he, well, he basically said, he said that your brand is what everyone says you are when you leave the room, right? Uh-huh. So the point there is that we don't control our brand. So Kim, no matter what you, no matter what I say to you, mm-hmm. you already formed an opinion of me, and right. whatever that opinion is, is that's my brand. Everyone who's listening, who's never heard of me before, right now. You have an opinion of me, and no matter what it is, good, bad, or indifferent, that is my brand. And so, what we have to remember is that because our brand is controlled by the ideas of other people, right? The perception of other people, Mm -hmm. then what we have to do is we have to continually tell the story that we believe enforces and emphasizes who we, you know, what we want that brand to stand for.
0: Love Uh, it. and so for
1: example, uh, this is something that I do subconsciously now, but I know I've already done it with you just in the short time that we've talked. So already that we've talked, I'm sure I have spewed out two or three books already. Mm -hmm. Now I used to methodically do that. The reason why is because I want my brand to be, Hey, Paul is someone who stands for knowledge or knowledge sharing or gaining knowledge and whenever anyone thinks of a book or gets a book recommendation their assumption is wow well thank you for sharing that knowledge you know wow like that's 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 almost the highest level of knowledge share that we have in society is hey here's a book and so by me just saying that it reinforces my brand as Paul is about sharing knowledge right mm-hmm. so i am i i know the story that i want my brand to represent and then i reinforce it in what i say and what i do and so that's something that i believe we can all do and it applies to our professional careers to you know our platonic and then definitely mm-hmm. our love life so what is what what do you want your, your your you know your love brand to represent for me it has a lot to do with family a lot to do with family mm-hmm. Um, and what I, and what I often do is in what I say, even Kim, actually, when we jumped on this, uh, uh, this, this podcast, yeah. I think conversations were about our boys.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I know.
0: You know. total connection. I know.
1: So reinforcing that story, knowing what it is, reinforcing it, but then also ultimately knowing that, uh, you know, your brand is what, what everyone says it is.
0: So like. Just, I'm trying to think of an example. So if a woman, because this is something that women come to me all the time with, you know, they say, oh, you know, I just want a quality man. I just want a quality man. And so their biggest complaint out there right now is that there's no quality men out there. So if they want to create a brand for themselves where they're trying to attract a quote unquote quality man, what would that look like for her like what what does she need to say out loud what does she need to do to attract that
1: all right well great question and i would say that actions speak much louder than words
0: uh-huh right? bingo yeah
1: so it's, it's about actions and let's actually start in the place that everyone uh, no one really likes to talk about now but it's like the master of our lives and that is social media <sighs>
0: yes and please yes we gotta dive into that
1: so so I will have friends and mm-hmm. I will have former clients, you know, from the matchmaking days, uh, even people who are on the show that I'm hosting right now in the UK who will say the same thing. Like, I want I want a man, but I don't believe any, you know, quality men exist. Or mm-hmm. I have a girlfriend and I don't think any, you know, there there are no more women that are left here in the world. You know, my mom was the last good woman. I've I've had guys tell me that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the last good woman. <laughs> Yeah. That's great.
1: Um, but then you'll go onto their Instagram account, and what they're conveying in their Instagram account is that they truly don't believe that men exist, and you'll see, or women exist, right? So mm-hmm. you know, posts of straight dogging out men, like, yeah, the, the last woman that ex- that the, the last good woman on the planet is my mom. Like, you'll see that meme. Oh, you know, on, his, on his IG page. Now, when you, are, when you are posting that information, that becomes your brand. That's right? your that's, reality, that's right. That's your reality, you know, that's what people will see, that's what they will believe, and so therefore, when they then meet you, and they say like, Tom, what's going on? I saw, like, you just posted that there are no good women, your mom is the last good woman, Th- then they won't believe anything that Tom says. You know, with regard to, hey, they're, you know, they're they're actually, I do believe they're actually good women. So the point there is that in everything that we do, in our actions, in our words, it must coincide with our beliefs. We have to live life accordingly. So another quick example, and this is very important, I think, for women, Mm -hmm. is if your belief is that, yeah, good men do exist, and I want to, and I'm looking for a good man, that means that you have to actively date. And what I mean actively date is, I can't tell you the, the, the number of women who will come to me and say, you know what, Paul, I, I don't date anymore. And all these guys I hear, Paul, yes. um, you know, every, everyone on Tinder uh, is, uh, is only looking for sex. Yeah, or- they're
0: all scammers. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't trust anyone. I don't trust my friends to hook me up. I don't trust. Well, then, if you don't trust any of the sources where husbands come through, right? Online, friends and family, etc. Right? If you don't trust any of the sources, then then you don't believe that there's actually a man out there. My point is that I understand how crazy people are out here and there are a ton of crazy dudes, and there are a ton of scamming dudes, and there are a ton of <laughs> dudes that just want sex. I totally get that. But you still have to go on the date. You still have to use the mm-hmm. like Tinder. You still have to acknowledge if your friend wants to set you up. You still have to go in there with the most open mind possible. Why? Because you believe that he exists. And if you don't believe that he exists if you truly don't then it goes back to what you said earlier kim and that is that you have to work on that you got to work on that on that mindset you have to work on your belief because your belief truly is reality and you know and i and, and and um um one one last example here from my matchmaking days
0: mm-hmm. that
1: was super profound so uh, in Washington D.C., my, my agency was based in Washington D.C., and D.C. is similar to like L.A. or New York, where there's a lot of people that uh, are, are, are you know come into the city, and it's a very transient city. And what I noticed is, I would have say a woman who would sign up for the agency, and she would be you know certain age, certain ethnicity, certain religion, certain uh, background. And then I'd have someone else who signs up with the same, you know, uh, ethnicity, age, background, et cetera, right? So they're fairly similar people. But one of them would say, man, Washington, DC, it's the worst place to date in the world.
0: Oh, I, because, right.
1: Because, you know, nobody's from DC and there's everybody from, is from out of town and you just can't find anybody. It's the worst place to date. And then literally that afternoon, this other person, they're a doppelganger, right? The person who mm-hmm. is the same person, basically, will come in and say, DC is the best place in the world to date. Because there's so yeah. many people out of town, it's so transient, you get to meet lots of different people, it's great. Now, when you do the research and then start finding out, okay, tell me about your dating history, guaranteed what you're going to find is the first person rarely goes on dates, has not been on a date, you know, in a year or two, you know, that, that, it, they're going to have that kind of track record. Their belief is not, and then and the, the, the other person, the second person is going to be the person who dates all the time, right? And, and it, it's all because of that belief. And so your love brand, right, it's shaped by your belief and that belief is shaped by your actions.
0: Oh, I love that, I love that. And I think on top of that, and I think it just coincides with what you're saying, is, you know, what you put out is what you get back. It's like a machine, you know, input, output. And if you're not happy with what you're attracting, you have to take a look in the mirror, right? And so if, if to your point, like if, if you want a quality man, And you are, and I always have people, first of all, define what quality means. I love that word, quality. Like, what does that mean to you? Because that's different for everybody. But I I had posed that question to a client and she's like, well, it's somebody who, you know, is well-to-do and he dresses well and he's funny and he's charismatic. She had this like whole list of what her quality guy is. But then I said, well, are you a quality woman? Like let's take a look at you. And, and she kind of paused and she's like, well, no, I, I, I don't think I'm any of those things. And what we discovered is actually what she wanted, she also feared. So it was easier for her to stay stuck in her like low quality mindset because she was really scared of rejection of what she thought was quality. So that's, that's, I think, the tug of war that a lot of times people have is like they may want something really badly, but they also fear it at the same time. And so they stay stuck. And so I think what both of you and I are saying is it, it is about mindset, but it's also about taking action. And so like with this woman, she was going to, you know, a lot of you know, places that wasn't where her quality men were, so we changed her environment, we changed the way she dressed, we changed her mindset and what she said in conversations, and it was like look like clockwork, magic all of a sudden, these quality guys started popping up everywhere, and <laughs> she thought it was magic. I'm like, no, you created that magic yourself. you had the power all along so there you go. yeah, there you go. Love, love, love this conversation. Paul, I could like go on and on with you. Like, and seriously, this has been amazing. I just want to recap for the audience. Like you just shared so, such amazing tips. I think, you know, overall, when you're looking to reinvent yourself and rebrand yourself, but also have that inspiration to, you know, create change, you know, finding Finding something that you're really passionate about and get good at it, you know, have that skill, really hone in on it, focus. I think that's what you do so brilliantly, Paul, like I see you get so focused and anyone can do it if you're passionate about it and having that knowledge behind you. Um, having that growth mindset, having inspirational people around you to lift you up so that you like get in their energy field. And you know, you are your walking brand, everybody. Like you, you have the power to attract whatever it is you want and know that if you want to change that story, that brand, then become it, change it, put yourself into action. So anyway, I just, uh, I love this conversation. Do you want any uh, part, you know, I don't know, parting words of wisdom that you want amongst all the other part- wisdom pieces that you gave the audience and also where to find you?
1: No, you know, Kim, I, I think that you said it, so I'll just reinforce what you just said. And that is that we, each of us has the power to change, literally to change our lives. And when you think about that, it's very profound because you don't only change your life, but when you change your life, you change the lives of the people around you, mm. the lives of your friends, your family, you change the lives of, you know, if you think about the lives of your children, then you, then you can start looking at, wow, you, then you, you change the lives of your grandchildren, right? Your unborn great-grandchildren. Think about that. Think about how profound change in your life is. Right? You could change the trajectory of your lineage based on, the, on, on that, just simply change. Mm-hmm. And so we have the power to change. And if you are unhappy in your current situation, whatever that may be, change it because you have the power to do so.
0: Amen. Oh, man. Awesome. Do you want to tell everybody how to find you or anything that you want to promote?
1: Um, no, I mean, I, I, um, don't find me, no, uh, don't I'm, find- <laughs>
0: that, that's good too. I'm,
1: uh, I'm, I'm at Paul C. Brunson on all the platforms. Uh, you know, Instagram is, if you want to see me traveling, you know, uh, I post a lot about that on Instagram and my family on LinkedIn at Paul C. Brunson is, is, is hardcore business, uh, at Paul C. Brunson on, on Twitter is, uh, you know, me talking politics. Uh, and at Paul C. Brunson on Facebook.
0: Anyway, thank you so much again, Paul, for joining us today. And this has been the Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. And if you're looking to have clarity in rebranding your love life, Make sure you sign up for a free breakthrough call with me. Just click the link you see here in the show description. I want to talk with you. Look, we're all unique. We have different journeys, as Paul and I were talking about, and it shapes us differently. So I want to see how I can help you rewrite your script. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day.